So the last few weeks have been uh, been awesome. Brother Rory did a phenomenal job last Wednesday night teaching about what Jesus would undo and talked about hypocrisy. The last few weeks we've had three nights on what would Jesus undo. Well, I got a feeling you can't cover it all in four Wednesday nights. I got a feeling he'd undo a whole bunch, Doris, a whole bunch. But we've talked about him undoing spiritual indifference. That was the first lesson, and I taught that. Brother Roy taught the two lessons, one on hollow worship. The Lord would undo hollow worship, and he would undo hypocrisy. We're going to end our series this evening, and there is another thing that God would undo if he would and would that he would like to. Let me just put it that way. Right now, he would like to. It's one of the things that men have struggled with from the beginning of time. And even before the beginning of time, Satan himself struggled with what I'm going to talk about tonight. As a matter of fact, Lucifer got kicked out of heaven because of this word. What would Jesus' son do? He would undo pride. Everybody say pride. Now, I want to preface my remarks tonight, and I always do when I speak about pride, and for several times over the years I have, I have spoken about this subject, but I want to preface my remarks to tell you this. There needs to be a little bit, I don't know if you call it pride or self-worth, but there needs to be a little bit of pride in all of us, okay? Because you want to look good. You want to smell good. Soap and water is about the cheapest thing you can buy nowadays. Amen. You want to you wanna be good. We want our church to be the best. And I don't know if you, whether you call that pride or not, but not the kind of pride that Jesus would undo. We don't want, and you'll understand what I'm going to talk about in just a few moments. But we do want to take some self pride, if I could put it that way, and say we want to be our best to glorify our God. Everybody here say amen. So that, I'll just preface my remarks with that. Here's, here's what pride is. Pride is a serious killer. And I want to tell you why I know that, because I've seen it kill a lot of people. It will kill spirits, it will kill marriages, it will kill relationships, it will kill churches, it will kill preachers, it will kill saints, it will kill you. The Bible said this in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18, that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Does anybody believe that? In other words, pride, when you get lifted up in pride, and especially spiritual pride, it is a, a misplaced sense of worth or value. You know what the Lord said in his book? He said to not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. He said because the man that does that, he needs to take heed lest he fall. Amen? You will never be a God unto yourself. You will never have all the answers and neither will I. You will never know all there is to know about God or his word. You may become 
a man of education or a woman of education in this life. But you don't need to learn so much that you think you know more than God and more than his word. There is such a thing as educated fools. I heard about a man that learned more and more about less and less until he finally knew all about nothing. Amen. So, so let, me, let me talk to you about Jesus undoing this pride thing. And, and one of the most loving things you can do, in my opinion, is look someone in the eye and tell them the truth. So tonight, I'm going to do just exactly that through the Word of God. We don't need pride. We need humility in our lives. Can you say amen? There is a story found in Luke chapter 18 that deals with this very subject. It was Jesus that told a parable. You know what a parable is? A parable is a story that he tells to make a point about some subject that he's trying to get over. It's not necessarily true. It may just be a story. And, and this is what he told the parable about in Luke chapter 18. Some people, he was talking to some people that trusted in themselves. Now, now I, I want to I show you this in the word of the Lord. They trusted in themselves insomuch that they said within themselves that they were righteous and they viewed others with contempt. This is what Jesus was dealing with. And so he addresses those in the crowd who have this problem. And it, it is when we have confidence in, our trust in, our faith in ourselves that we get in trouble. I want to tell you we're nothing. I don't mean to just degrade you or I'll tell you anything that's going to hurt your feelings tonight. But honey, we ain't nothing but a bunch of mud balls that God saved. And we are not any better than anybody else in this world. But we're here by the grace of God. And we're going to exist by the grace of God. And if we don't have the grace of God, we're going to be in trouble. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't no better than me. I don't care how much education you got. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter what your name is, what your pedigree is, how long you've been around here. Doesn't matter. You're no better than anybody else. Let me tell you about the church. The church is a bunch of people that's been saved by the grace of God. And the common denominator among us all is the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Spirit of the Lord that brings us all to one plane and one level of living. Amen? He's the same God to the rich and the same God to the poor. He's the same God to the, to the pretty and the same to the ugly. He's the same to the fat and the same to the skinny. I fit in that fat category. But let me just tell you something. It doesn't matter who you are. He loves you in spite of who you are. And you can't do enough good to make him love you anymore. And you can't do enough bad to make him love you any less. He just loves you because you are who you are. Amen. Amen. So he was talking to that crowd that had confidence in themselves and pride. You know what pride does? It causes us to look down on other people. It causes us to look down our nose and say, I'm better than you. 
Pride affects our relationship, not only with other people, but with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about our relationship with God. You ready for this? Your relationship this way is important to your relationship this way. Because if you don't love your neighbor whom you have seen, the Bible said this, I didn't say that. You can't love God whom you have not seen. So however you love this way is how you love this way. And so we can't afford to let our pride affect our relationship with others and neither can we let it affect our relationship with God. In verse 10 of that chapter, the Bible said two men, everybody say two men, two men went up to the temple to pray. I gotta hurry. I got 22 minutes and I will finish. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a tax collector. Now the Pharisee, two men, two men going to the same place that represents the presence of God and they are walking into a place to worship going for the same reason, the Pharisee. There's been a lot said about the Pharisees. And, but, but you know, the Pharisees were respected for their knowledge of Scripture. They were religious people. They, they believed it to the dotting of the I and the crossing of the T. They didn't have much spirit, but they had a lot of word. And the Lord looked at them one time and said, you know what you are? You're whited sepulchers on the outside. You look good, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. You look good, but you're filthy inside. That's what he said to the Pharisees. But the Pharisees, if you go study the Pharisees, there were 613 laws in the Old Testament, and they knew every one of them. Matter of fact, I read one time where the Pharisees took it so far that, you know, the, the law said you rest on Sunday or the Sabbath. I won't fight you what day is the Sabbath. But you rest on the Sabbath. And, and, and the Pharisees said, well, if you eat an egg that a chicken laid on Sunday, you sin. Because the chicken had to work to lay the egg. I mean, they were strict. You understand? I know some folks like that. They're going to be shocked when we all get to heaven, aren't they? Where am I going with this? All that news for you. Heaven's going to be way bigger than what you think it is, and it ain't going to be us four no more. <laughs> so here's the Pharisee, the pastor, the church leader, the religious man, the one that knew all about God and the Word of God. And here's the tax collector. You could, nobody likes a tax collector. Brother Roy said it last week. Nobody likes a tax collector. Who? Everybody here that's in love with the IRS, raise your hand. The only way you'd be in love with the IRS, they wrote you a check every week. And you might like your job, but we don't like you if you're with the IRS. I just want to tell you that right up front. When I get a letter from the IRS, it may be something just, but just makes me nervous to get one. I mean, I can do everything right, and, uh, you know, I, I'm already having visions if I get one said IRS on it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Your heart just beats a little faster, and you're thinking, my God, what in the world do they want now? Amen? If they write me a little letter at the end of tax season and say, you, you mispaid by $22, I don't even argue. I, I just write a check. 
If they said 122, now don't get no ideas if you're watching from the IRS. But the facts are, he was a tax collector. He was like the mafia. He was like a corrupt politician. And, 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 and he was like a drug dealer, if you will. Let me tell you something. Two different men, two different lifestyles walk into the same place. The Pharisee, the Pharisee stood and the Bible said was praying to himself. And, and he was saying this under his breath. God, I just want to thank you that I'm like, like these other people. I'm not a swindler, I'm not unjust, I'm not an adulterer, I'm not even a tax collector. He said, I'm glad that I'm not like that guy over there. And he said, Lord, I want to tell you, I fast twice a week and I pay tithes of all that I get. I mean, he was being so sanctimonious and so religious. The Pharisee's prayer, listen, he was following all the religious rules. And he was doing all the right things. But you can do the right thing with the wrong reason. So, so when he got through praying, or while he was praying, of how good he was and how much better he was than everybody else, there was another guy praying. Now, let, let me talk about the Pharisee first. Let, let me get ahead of myself here. The Pharisee wasn't completely wrong in how he prayed because he probably was better in the sense of looking upon him from the world than the tax collector. He probably was more honest. But let me tell you what crumbled his prayer was his attitude and his, his pride. Pride got a hold of him. See, spiritual pride falsely promises things. Number one, self-sufficiency. Like, you know, I got this. I don't need anybody else. I got it all together. Do right. I'm doing good. I'm doing right. I don't need anybody to tell me. You know, I've had people to tell me, and I've heard people say, and, and, and you know what? If this is your attitude, God help you. But I've heard people say, you know what? I don't care what that preacher said. He ain't telling me what to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. You need the voice of God in your life. And you need a preacher in your life. How can they believe without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's sent? And when God calls the minister to minister and the pastor to pastor, you better tune in when he's preaching the Word of God. Now, if I'm preaching Sears and Roebuck catalog, you can forget it. But if I'm preaching the Word of God, you got to listen and you got to obey the Word of God. Somebody here say amen. So you're never self-sufficient. That's a lie of pride. Number two, you can get self-importance. I'm valuable. Look at me. I'm, I'm an upstanding neighbor here to all my neighbors. I, I'm an upstanding man in the community. Uh, you know, I, the church could run without me. I'm important. I, I, I got this label on me. I'm such and such. I've been here for years. I've heard people say, I've been in this way for years. And you said it right. Some of you, you've been in this way. <laughs> That's mean, isn't it? Self-importance. You're not that important. Self-exaltation. Well, look, I'm, have you ever heard somebody say, well, I'm glad I'm not like them. Look at her. What, what is she wearing that far? 
Look at him. Have you noticed him? Look, look. Oh, it might get quiet, but that's okay. That's okay. Ever drunker? Ever drug addict? Ever prostitute? Ever wino? Ever alcoholic? Ever liar? Ever criminal? Ever murderer? Is welcome in this church. And you are no better than them except by the grace of God. Amen? So the facts are, we can't look down on people and say, I'm better than them. Look at me. I, 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 I'm wearing this badge. I'm wearing this cloak. I'm, 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 I'm this person. And, and you know what? People look up to me because of who I am. Let me tell you something. That's not the way you get it. That's not the way that you are lifted I don't know if you understand the scripture or not, but the Bible said the Lord can set you up, but he can also take you down. He can jerk the rug out from under your feet in a matter of seconds. Do you believe that tonight? He gave you what you have. You have no right to be prideful. You have no right to be boastful. You can fall into the trap of thinking that, that you're more valuable than what you are because of your accomplishments or because of your gifts or because of your rule following or because of your comparison and comparing yourself to one another. I preached, I didn't preach, I taught back when I was teaching our young married class. I taught one Sunday on the disease of comparisonitis. That's a big disease in the church. Well, they're doing it. Well, he's doing it. Well, she's doing it. What, what, you know what? If they can get away with it, I can just, ain't nobody got away with nothing, honey, because then none of us heard the gates click behind our heels yet. You can't live by comparing yourselves to one another. The Bible said, if we compare ourselves with ourselves, we are fools. That's what the Bible said. Everybody with me? You don't need to be comparing your kids to other folks' kids. You know, we've all made statements. We've done it. We've all been right where I'm talking about. I don't need God. I'm good. Or, or you say to your wife, honey, I'll tell you what, I'm glad our kids are not like their kids. Them kids are going to wind up in Angola. You know I'm telling you the truth, don't you? It's, and we've all had these thoughts, but you can't live comparing yourself. You, can, you can't live that way. And neither can you live with a reverse spiritual pride. You know, nobody can even compliment you because you just get so, you know, you, you know it's kind of like the guy that says, oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't, don't, I, I, please don't embarrass me. Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. You know what the bottom line is is we've done nothing and God's done everything in our lives. We have no right. And if Jesus could come down here today, he would undo pride. What would Jesus undo? Spiritual pride. Watch this. When we are full, this is on your little sheet of paper, when we are full of ourselves, there is no room for God. When we're full of ourselves. I know some folks in my lifetime, seen some folks that were just full of themselves. I mean, you start telling them something God's done, and God's done way more for them than he's done for us. I used to have a preacher friend of mine that I'd say, man, we had, you know, we baptized seven, eight people this morning. Oh, ain't we baptized a dozen. I, you could tell a story big enough to beat him. It was like whatever you said. It was just you wasn't good as he was. 
I love him. I know him. He's still pastoring today, but you just, you wasn't nothing compared to him. So, so there, there's a different way. The tax collector standing some distance away, lifting up his eyes and saying, God, I'm just, I'm, or excuse me, the Pharisee, God, I'm just glad I'm not like everybody else. But the tax collector standing, uh, standing off in the fringes and he don't even feel worthy to come before God and he's beating his chest and he's saying to God with tears, no doubt, running down his cheeks, God, would you be merciful to me? I am a sinner. I need help. You see, when you get rid of yourself, God can do something with you. When you get when you get low, you go high. The Bible said, he that exalteth himself shall be abased, but he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You want God to exalt you? Just get humility in your life. If you want God to turn away, you say, I don't believe that, preacher. God's not going to leave me. Well, let me give you a scripture before you say that. The Bible said in James that God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Let me tell you what he does. If you go read, there's one translation that said God stiff arms the proud. Now, some of you may not want to know what a stiff arm is. Let me tell you what it is. If a, if a halfback or a fullback or a tailback is running down the field in a football game and some guy comes to tackle him, he has the right to put his hand out and to put it on his helmet or in his chest or wherever and to push him away. That's called a stiff arm. The Bible said that God stiff arms the proud. You go ahead and think you're something you're not because here's what God will do. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to humble people. That old boy couldn't even lift his head. His prayer was a prayer of confession and an acknowledgement that he was nothing and that he needed God. He didn't rationalize or attempt to justify anything. You know why? Because he knew God was his only hope. He, d he didn't know all the scriptures the Pharisee knew. He didn't understand the rules the Pharisee know knew about. He didn't give get into all the law. But here's what he knew. I need help. I can't go another day without somebody touching my life. And I want to tell you what Jesus said about him. That man went home justified and the old Pharisee left with his pride. God didn't hear the Pharisee, but he heard that man. He said, I tell you, verse 14, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. He shocked those around him. Well, you would think that that Pharisee and all that he knows in every scripture and the leadership and the places he holds in the church and all the rules that he can quote and everything that he, you'd think, that's who God hurt. No, no, no. God hurt an old tax collector that was just an humble man that knew he had something in his life that only God could take care of. When the Pharisee was full of spiritual pride, the tax collector emptied himself with an humble heart. Are you hearing me today? It's an accurate picture of what God means by Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before fall. There's a lot to be said.
I preached in this church not too many years ago on when pride takes you for a ride. It will. R-I-D-E is the last four letters of pride. And when pride takes you for a ride, you're in trouble. Everybody say amen. Number two, this is in your paper. When we empty ourselves, we are in the perfect position to be filled by God's grace. When you empty yourself. Here's, here's the challenge. I, I mean, there's no, there's no, it's just raw truth. Here, here's the challenge. Why don't you let God just start peeling off of you like an onion, just layer after layer of what God wants to take away from you. How long has it been since you knelt in prayer and you said, God, you know what? I don't even know why I'm here. I, I, I don't deserve to be here because we don't. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a man. Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I don't even know why I'm here. You've been so merciful to me and here I am. And, 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 and so, Lord, just start peeling the layers off. You, you know, we've all had our personal struggles, everybody here. We've all been filled at times with some kind of spiritual pride. And, and we sometimes we don't know how to fix it. There's been situations and coincidence in our life where, you, you know, we just, we, we don't know what to say anymore. I've, I've, I felt like Job many times, Lord, where are you? I, where, where are you at? I need you right now. Not, I can't find you. Where are you? But, but you know what gets God's attention? Humility. Humility gets God's attention. He loveth such, remember this, he loveth such as a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He likes it when people come repenting. He likes it when people come and, and humble themselves before. Humility is not weakness. Hum Moses was an humble man, but he was a strong man. Humility doesn't mean you're weak. Don't take it for that at all. Humility means that you can bow before God and weep before God, and it is okay for men to cry, and it is okay for people to be broken, and it is all right for you to humble yourself before God and let the tears stream down your face and say, God, I don't know how I got here, but I need help getting out of where I'm at right now. There's somebody here right now that you may be in a dilemma in your life. I want to tell you how to get the answer. Humble yourself before God and repent of your sin and repent of the things that you've done in the past and let God do a work in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your marriage may be in trouble. Your financial situation may be in trouble. Your kids may be gone crazy. Humble yourself. He'll take care of it. Number three, and I heard you close. When we empty ourselves, we are in the perfect position to be used by God. You've heard people say, well, I, you know, God can't use me. I, don't, I, don't, I can't teach a Bible study. I don't know enough about the Bible. I can't, I can't be a witness on my job. You know, I, 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 I just, I'm timid. I have fear. Let, let me tell you, when you empty yourself before God, God didn't call you to be a judge. He didn't call you to be an attorney. He called you to be a witness. You know what a witness is? Does anybody hear? Let me, th th some of you heard me say this. Some of you hadn't. You know what a witness is? If, if I... If I went down this road tonight and I had a wreck at, at the red light and there was a car sitting on the other side that saw it all, somebody sitting in that vehicle 
and saw it. They could go to court and say, well, he ran this red light, or he ran this red light, or he hit him. They just tell what they seen and heard. That's all they do. If you're a witness, all you do is just tell what you've seen and heard. Some folks want to add to the story. <laughs> Some folks are more than witnesses. Amen. You ever play that game where you, you whisper something in somebody's ear real fast and they whisper it to the next one and the next one and, and when it gets to the end, it ain't nowhere near what you whispered? That's the way some witnesses are. All, all the Lord wants you to do is tell what you've seen and heard. But here's my story. I was a drug addict. I was a, no, that's not my story, but this is what, this is what a witness is. I was an alcoholic. I, I, I was deep in sin. I, my family was torn apart. I remember when I walked down to an old-fashioned altar, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I felt the blood of Jesus cover me, and the love of Jesus consume me. I'll never forget God baptizing me with his spirit. I'll never forget when I went down in the waters of baptism, and the preacher said, in the name of Jesus Christ, and when he picked me up, I felt like a brand new man. Hallelujah. That's called a witness. That's all God's looking for. When you empty yourself, you're in a perfect place for God to use you. Amen. I think sometimes we try to put too much flamboyancy and too much fluff in what this is all about. It's just simple stuff, folks. God calls us out of sin and out of darkness. And he turns our lives around. And then, and then, look. I want you to understand something. It don't matter who you are in this church. You don't own this church. I don't own this church. This is God's church. Amen. You have no ownership on any position. I don't either. We have to be where God wants us. Sometimes, sometimes we're moved and sometimes we're, we're you know, it's, it's like God shuffling and moving and stirring. And Why can't we understand? We're nothing. The only reason we're being used by God is because of He loves us and He trusts us. And the only reason you're here is because of humility. I'll make this statement in my closing remarks. Listen to this. Pride is about my glory. Humility is about God's glory. Here's the question I want to ask you. In anything you do, in anything you say, in any part of your life, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is it for my glory or is it for God's glory? Amen. The last time I read the Lord's Prayer, it said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not my name, thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. You say nothing about my kingdom. Nothing about my earth. 
everything is about him amen and when you start craving the glory you need to hit your knees and humble yourself before God and say Lord it's not about me it's all about you pride is about your glory humility is about his glory it got Lucifer kicked out of heaven it caused Solomon to fail it caused David to fail it caused Peter to fail I could go on and on and on of great men that turned their lives around when they saw but let me just tell you it'll get you in trouble because you'll get to thinking well you know what flex my spiritual muscles look who I am look what I've done look how good how good I've been look what I'm everybody looks up to me no 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 the only thing I'm going to read you a scripture stand with me the only thing that you need to remember is this Matthew 5:16 said in the same way let your light shine before men before others let me just read from the King New King James here it is let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you is that what that says glorify your father which is in heaven I can't answer for you but I don't want any glory I don't want any praise that's not what this is all about I learned a long time ago I've had I've had people when I got through preaching come say oh that was a great message and go right on and out and ignore everything I said the greatest compliment you can give any preacher is go live by what he preached. It's not by what you say. Who cares? It's not about the accolades. It's not about, oh, you're wonderful. I'm not wonderful. Let me tell you here. Let me tell you the truth. You really want to know the truth? I don't even deserve to be here. I'm just a sinner. I've just been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. The only reason I'm even a part of his church is because he loved me, and he still does. Thank you for letting me preach to you. What would Jesus undo? Pride. He'd take your pride away. Why don't you let him do that? Why don't you let him do that? Why don't you just say, Lord, I've got this thing all wrong. Church. And, and local congregation, it's not about positions, it's about service. You know, the disciples, they were all into that. They, we're human. They got, the, they got a big argument about who's going to get set by Jesus. Really? Everybody want to be important. I'm not important. But guess what? You're not either. He is. And this is all about serving Him. Can you say amen? Would you give God a hand of praise because of the word of the Lord here tonight? Ushers, would you bring the offering place? Thank you. I went three or four minutes over. I apologize. Just put some extra money in the offering. Pay me for overtime. Amen. Amen. To all of our guests, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. We love you. I see several of you. I don't know if I can catch you all.
but I want, I want you to know I'm glad you're here. God bless you. I'm going to say a prayer while you're coming. It's okay. Father, in Jesus' name, lay your hand on our people. I pray, God, that this church would fall humbly before you, that we may be used of God, that we may feel the grace of God, that we may know the heights that you can take us to. Lord, we're only here because of you. We give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor, for you're our God. Take us from this place and take care of us. Let your Holy Spirit be with us all week. Bring us back here Sunday for worship and word. In Jesus' name we ask. And everybody in this room shout amen.